Hello, friends. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I'm your host, Heidi Ganahl, a wife, mom of four, CU Regent, and the founder of Camp Bow Wow and The She Factor. With a passion for keeping the spirit of our state alive and well, I started this podcast to bring the people of Colorado together to celebrate the amazing state we call home. Come along on this journey with me as I travel across our old country roads in my vintage RV, interviewing folks that embody the true spirit of the Rocky Mountains. From the Front Range to the Mile High City to the Wild West of Southern Colorado, we'll celebrate the history, beauty, and Coloradans that make this place the colorful state it is. Each week, you'll meet people trailblazing the way for an even more colorful future for us all, making a huge difference along the way. Are you ready for a Rocky Mountain ride? Let's do this, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. Wow, we've got some interesting conversation coming up with Kate, who works as an entrepreneur, but has been in manufacturing for a long time. Her company is called The Strategy Architect. Kate, welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. Thank you, Heidi. Lovely to be here. And thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to our chat here today. And uh, I'm excited to uh, tell you all about my uh, how I ended up in Colorado, what I love about Colorado and what I do. That's fantastic. And I know you worked for one of Colorado's most iconic brands, Otterbox, and that's part of your journey. But I think a lot of us uh, have on our phones. I don't want to move my phone right now because it's part of the podcast, but I've got an Otterbox case on it. So that's exciting. And um, I know you have an interesting journey, too, about coming to Colorado. So let's dig right in. Yeah, so um, I was very lucky to uh, join Otterbox in its very early days back in about 2010. And I started with that in their Irish office in Europe. So that was where their base was for Europe, the Middle East and Africa. So as you might tell from my accent, I'm Irish and have been living here six years, but haven't lost it. And uh, it was a fantastic journey when they were really starting to grow and really uh, grow not only in the US market, but really expand into um, the European market. So I started there with them and very quickly then also got exposure to their other offices in Hong Kong into the uh, Asia Pacific market. And uh, from there, uh, within about four years working with them, I had the great opportunity to either take uh, time to work in either the uh, office in Hong Kong or the office in Fort Collins. And you might say, well, that's a a big difference there in terms of you know your living style and your activities and at the time I actually thought Hong Kong might be where my pull was I was more in my early 30s it was kind of the lifestyle maybe I thought I wanted and randomly enough I was over in Hong Kong facilitating a strategic planning session and I met my now husband who also worked at Otterbox we, we got to know each other that day then we both he flew home to Fort Collins I flew home to Ireland we stayed in touch and we uh, decided to meet up in New York for a weekend to uh, see if we liked each other. Yeah. At this stage, he had no idea that I had this opportunity to move to Fort Collins, nor did I tell him being an independent woman, I didn't want him to think it was because of him, I would choose Fort <laughs> Collins. Um, but yeah, I had I, that kind of swayed me and I said, well, you know, it was going to be only for a year. So I said, oh, I'll give Fort Collins for a year over Hong Kong and ended up moving here then. And uh, I'm here six years, so whatever that is, minus six. And uh, so I've been here ever since. And then um, my husband and I then got married back in 2018. So what a kind of a journey of faith you know how you meet someone and everything just happens to align um so um yeah but the otterbox story really otterbox was more than a company i just worked for it truly was 
you know, where I met my husband, where I've met a lot of my very close friends. And it's such a great community as well here in Fort Collins of people um, and friendships. And it's so much more than just an organization. So I owe it a lot. And then in uh, 2018, my husband and I had the very unique opportunity to go and travel the world. So we took some time off and traveled South America, Southeast Asia, parts of Europe, and also um, spent two months in a camper van up the Northwest of the US. So <laughs> then I, uh, and then from there, I um, wanted to set up my own business and uh, that's kind of where I'm at today. That's a fantastic story. And I'm very curious to hear your take on, you know, what Colorado's like compared to all those other countries you've been to, um, you know, lived in. Um, what is it that you like about Colorado and what makes it different than the rest of the world, basically? Yeah, I think one of the things even to begin with about, you know, the U.S., when I was moving, I thought, you know, uh, moving to Hong Kong versus the U.S. and even Colorado, I just assumed, oh, it's going to be the exact same as Ireland. We speak the same language. You know, we're, we're similar people from the U.S., Irish people. And uh, kind of very naive of me, because when I moved here, very quickly you start to understand there's quite a lot of quite subtle differences between how, you know, Irish people would interact, how various different, how, you know, American culture interacts and even more so Colorado. And what I learned was that because of the weather and your seasons, that's how the lifestyle is set up in Colorado. And that's who are, I think people who are attracted to Colorado also are attracted to that. So you kind of, I had to get familiar with all of my hobbies were aligned to the Irish rain and weather. So it meant a lot of drinking tea, going to the pub, you know, chatting with people. And when you, when I moved to Colorado, I really had to like change up all of that completely. Whilst I was very active, you know, already, it became a lot more about the outdoors. It became a lot more about having specific hobbies that suited, um, you know, the culture. So that's really opened up my mind to everything that's available. And that's what I think is so huge about Colorado the availability of what you can do with your time and the vastness of the nature and the countryside, it just really was so different than I expected. And so much, I've grown so much and learned so much from living here and been taking out of my bubble of Ireland. Like Colorado, I just, I love it. As I said, the seasons, the activities that are aligned with those seasons, the beauty of the vast nature. And, you know, obviously I love that patio happy hours in the sunshine so yeah everything about it I, I really do love the lifestyle here you know that's definitely one of the perks of Colorado is um you can take your dogs on the patios you can basically you know grab a meal grab a beer um work for hours on the Starbucks patio if it's not too hot like right now but I want to ask you a quick question the Olympics are going on right now so how do you deal with that do you root for Ireland or do you root for America <laughs> Well, I think I just, funnily enough, it's not even by country. I just kind of get someone, I, I love the gymnastics in the Olympics. So obviously Ireland doesn't have anybody in that category. So in that case, then I will root for, you know, the US, but I think it's more about, I get kind of, I like an individual for kind of maybe their flair more than anything else. But uh, I think if, if, if the US were playing Ireland, maybe rugby, soccer, which isn't going to be a, probably a thing then I of course have to root for Ireland over the US but you know <laughs> that makes sense I get it so tell me a little bit about Kate um your company and what you're doing and specifically around helping women in manufacturing I know that's a topic that you've spoken about and been engaged with a bit um if you can tell us a little bit about that angle from your perspective 
Yeah. So um, the company is called the Strategy Architect. Um, and I set that up in 2018. So my peer, I come from a line of entrepreneurs. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. Both their parents were entrepreneurs. And funnily enough, when I was younger, I swore, no, I'm never going to work for myself. It's way too much work. You know, growing up in the family business and having to work in it since eight years old, I swore, no way. But here I am. And um, I do love it. And I've kind of really enjoyed having that ownership. So in as it relates to that as well, my company is all about helping organizations really thrive. So that's both in the for-profit sector. And obviously, I have a long-standing background with manufacturing, consumer goods, and, and global markets. And then also, I love working with the nonprofit sector and really helping them realize and taking kind of a a lens of business to how they approach their nonprofit um, and obviously using the right tools because a nonprofit is set up in the way it is set up to be successful that way. What the strategy architect is all about is understanding and helping organizations really create clarity out of the chaos that's really inherent in kind of businesses and in organizations and doing that through very quickly getting alignment around the strategy. And as I say, I'll quote Jim Collins, who's another Coloradian from oh, yeah. Boulder. So it's like, you know, a good vision is all about 99% alignment, right? So, and 1% vision. So it's all important that you have through facilitation, getting the right people in the room, agreeing and deciding on how they want to move forward because there's no such thing as a perfect strategy. So it's all about getting that alignment, really being clear on where the organization wants to go. And once you have that clarity and you've then developed it into an integrated system where you have action plans to deliver that strategy, the next step really is talking about how do you then structure your organization to deliver that strategy? And that's where a lot of organizations don't take that next step. So how do you set up your people, your resources to really deliver that strategy? So how do you design your processes, your structures, um, your you know, uh, reward systems, your metrics to deliver that strategy? So that's, that's the operating model. And really those two, the strategy development and the organizational design need to be done together to really drive the results that are needed. So with kind of doing that process then, I just recently, as I said, presented to Women in Manufacturing, which are a fantastic uh, network, um, again, uh, and, and really kind of supporting as I go through this as well, how do women be successful with strategic planning and vision? And that's, yes, uh, you know, I spoke about that a little bit. As women, we sometimes tend to think that vision is very lofty you know, kind of dream land, right? And we like to be more concrete or, or execution driven. But actually, in fact, when you think of a vision, a vision isn't a dream. A vision is all about like, what's not working with the current strategy? How do we generate new possibilities to resolve that? And then how do we communicate that in very inspiring ways? So really trying to help women to see that the importance of doing that work as a part of a leadership capability is really, really huge. And everyone can learn that capability. So, um, and again, supporting women in manufacturing to really be able to believe that about themselves and, and take that capability forward. And then, um, so that was the kind of tie into the, to the women in manufacturing. So when you were working with Otter and, and some of the work you do um, in manufacturing, what's your sense of women being involved in that segment of the industry? I mean, it, it's not something you think about, like I think girls think about when they're growing up or when they're um, in college, like, yeah, I want to work for a company and, you know, manage a line or figure out how to develop a product or manufacture a product or engineer a product. product. But um, we're getting more and more girls into STEM. And I think that'll become more prevalent. Is that something you're seeing or where, where does that shift happen along the route from a young person 
deciding what they want to do to becoming, you know, a very experienced professional in manufacturing. Yeah, and I think the thing to understand as well about manufacturing so you take Otterbox, for example, right? Yes, they're manufacturing, but they're a consumer goods company as well, right? So they have a lot of various, you know, that's probably what they are foremost, right? So they have a lot of different departments. So whilst you could be working with a company who's manufacturing, there are multiple roles within that, right? So you've got marketing, you've got sales, right? But talking about the engineering or talking about those kind of more kind of the hardcore, like, as you said, referring back to the STEM, I think it's really being able to like um, showcase at the, at the earlier age when people are choosing, you know, various different college degrees or university degrees, how they can, um, what, what's the future yeah. for roles like that? And uh, yesterday I was talking um, as a part of the women in manufacturing and they are looking to uh, partner with universities to put some of those programs in place around how can we support students to really understand what are the careers that are available in advanced manufacturing and how can we start to kind of connect that to the um, industry that exists out there today. So connecting students and connecting the university programs to actually real life industries. So I think that's a big part of how it's done is connecting industry and universities to make sure that's working. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, I'm a regent at the University of Colorado and, and I see a gap there. Like we're, we're developing these programs and degree initiatives and we're not tying like them to the actual jobs that we need to create for. And it takes a long time to develop these programs. So it might take four or five years to develop a degree program. By then, sometimes they, it's obsolete, but we're trying to teach them, right? Things are moving so fast. But one of the things that I love that you said is that, you know, you can be involved in a manufacturing company and have any one of roles in HR, marketing, accounting, et cetera. Um, but what I love about the idea of getting more girls involved in developing and engineering products is it's like an art, right? It's, it's almost developing a science with an art because you have to create this vision or you have to develop this vision of what this product or service is and make it work out in the real world. And so um, it seems almost like a very entrepreneurial mindset you have to have to be able to do that. Yeah, I think if you think of anybody who's like a design engineer or an industrial designer which you know there's a lot of those within manufacturing they are both often very creative and very logical right so it's the art and the science so they need to be able to see that creative vision and see what could be and then really using the right methodology to then test the pro develop prototypes and test those ideas before bringing them to market when you know to, before over investing in a product that may not actually have a market you really be able to think about the science of how you test that in the marketplace before you actually bring it to full scale uh, production. So again, yeah, I think anybody who's got that mindset, you can you can pull on both those sides of the brain. Um, so I think it's a very interesting career in, in, in that, so. So let's kind of wrap up with the last couple of questions I ask everybody on the program, which the first one is when people, when you went to visit Ireland recently and people asked why you love living in Colorado, is there anything unique or different than, you know, it's obviously a very beautiful place and it's sunny, but is there any kind of um, like food that you like or anything about the culture that you really like that you told them about? Yeah, so this is going to sound really cliche, but it is really true. So maybe cliches are there for a reason, but really and truly, I think, and this is maybe beyond even Colorado, this may be US culture even, I'm, I'm not too sure, I've only lived in Colorado, but people here are very optimistic and are very opportunity minded, really and truly, right? And I know that's a cliche about America, but it is true from my experience. 
Whereas in um, more the European mindset, it's to it can be to more have more of an association with what's involved in going after that opportunity. Whereas here, I think people will just kind of go blindly after it because they believe in it so much, which is a really important thing because if you don't, then it will never happen. So people are truly, whatever they can imagine can happen. I believe that they believe that. So that's a really different cultural shift. And that's what I've experienced in Colorado. And I don't know, I can't say if that's across the US or that's specific to Colorado. Yeah, I do think it is specific to Colorado, or maybe it's on steroids here. Like it's just more about going big and reaching for those mountaintops and doing things that you never thought you could achieve anywhere else. But um, that's great to hear because we like to say that about Colorado and we think we're that way, but it's great to hear an outsider say, you know, somebody who's been here six years, but somebody from another place say, yeah, that's, that's their sense of it too. Um, Mm -hmm. Kate, what's the most Colorado thing you've done since you've been here? Um, so this is kind of funny. So I know it sounds really silly, but I would kind of say camping. So before <laughs> I moved here, my husband was like, have you gone camping? And I was like, oh yeah, I know how to camp. So I thought camping was camping at a music festival for three days. Uh, so that's what my idea was camping was. So when we started going camping here, my husband was like, Josh was like, well, will you pack the food? And I'd be like, sure. So we'd land and there'd be nothing to really eat because I really had never really camped as in what camping here is in Colorado. So now I'm a pro at it, but really, I know that sounds a little silly, but kind of really going out into the wilderness and spending a few days, just kind of relaxing and having a fire. And, you know, all of that is is very new to me, um, which might sound a little bit, you know, silly but really just coming from Ireland we didn't have the weather to do any of that so you just wouldn't have the experience with that so no I don't think it sounds maybe it's not the most Colorado thing but yeah I think that's pretty Colorado I just went glamping for the first time which was pretty cool I mean you go there it's all set up it's beautiful it's got lights I don't know if I'd call it camping that's why they call it glamping I bet but it's definitely a step down from having an RV or you know that's that's really making fun of being, being yeah. Outdoor, but well, I'm glad you're getting to experience that and getting to enjoy some of the outdoors and camp. Um, one of the, oh, things- the only thing I would, the only thing I would, other thing I would say that I have done. So I think it's very Colorado is I have climbed, I think two 14ers. So, you know, I think that's very Colorado. So yeah, yes, it is. to know the word 14ers before. It's probably the most common thing that people do when they come to Colorado, they want to do a yeah. thing, but it's also very hard. It's challenging. A lot of folks underestimate yeah. how much um, willpower and how technical it can be climbing up those mountains. Yep. Well, absolutely. That's uh, that's a great answer too. And I appreciate you joining us today, Kate, and telling us a little bit about your journey here and what you love about our state. And you know, we're so glad and, that you're here, and we appreciate the work you do. And um, look forward to catching up with you soon and hearing more about your adventures here. Thank you for joining us today on Heidi's Colorful Colorado. If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And definitely follow me on Instagram to keep up with my latest adventures. In the meantime, happy trails from me, Heidi Ganahl.